Hello and welcome to episode 22 of CFFC, A Tactical View. My name is Chapin Zeal. I appreciate you joining me today. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating and a review. If you give it a rate, a five-star rating and a review, I will read the review out on the podcast and give you a personal shout-out. Yet again, unfortunately, no new ones to to read off today. Uh, so we will we will dive right in and get looking at the last three matches that the fire had. And we will be looking back right now at August 27th, where the Chicago Fire took on CF Montreal up at Soldier Field. Starting lineup is Gaga and Goal. Sekulich at right back, Tehran, Shehos, and Bornstein. And then you had Jairo Torres filling in in the right holding midfield position and Federico Navarro alongside him on the left. And then Brian Gutierrez, Shakiri, and Mueller as the more attacking midfielders. And John Duran as the, as the number nine. So, digging right into the match in the second minute, it starts off pretty quick. Shakiri has the ball out on the left-hand sideline. In the fire attacking half, uh, his pass gets intercepted. Chris Mueller is able to quickly recover it. Dribbles into the center, passes left to John Duran just outside of the penalty box. He gets into the box, takes a left-footed shot. To the near post, and it is saved out for a corner, and unfortunately nothing came of the ensuing corner. So then just a couple minutes later in the fourth minute, Montreal countered down the fire's right-hand side. The ball gets played into the center, and there is a first-time shot from about 20 yards out. It is low and to Gaga's right. He is able to get down and make the save and knock it out for the corner. Um, nothing again nothing came of that corner so we roll ahead into the 16th minute and Gaga is able to make another save low to his right from a shot about 20 yards out right in the middle so within the first uh, you know 15 20 minutes here there is quite a bit of action and it continues into the 19th minute with Montreal in possession in their attacking half, the Fire are able to win the ball twice, but unfortunately both times they turn it over immediately. Montreal uh, have the ball on the Fire's left-hand side, work the ball to the corner, play across to the far post, and Tehran gets a header on it, but it is unfortunately collected by Montreal just inside of the of the penalty box. On the Fire's right-hand side, they pass to the edge of the penalty box right in the middle, Take a shot from 20 yards out, curled to the near post and into the back of the net to put Montreal up. One to nothing over the fire in the 19th minute. Now on the initial header that was, that was played in that Carlos Tehran got his head to, uh, Boris Sekulich. There at the far post left his man and leaving him wide open to collect Tehran's header. And then the fire were slow to close the shooter down, and when they finally did, they just left too much space for him to to be able to to take the shot. But again, they had they had several several opportunities um, to kill the Montreal attack, and they they just never did. They won the ball a couple of times, and it's it was a, a common theme. 
between this match and the next two matches to where they they just didn't have many opportunities, not many many good attacking opportunities and just not not a lot of consistent possession and uh were unable to string string a uh some passes together. So then in the 22nd minute, Carlos Serran gets a yellow card for a handball. Montreal take the free kick from about 30 yards out. And on that free kick, it goes up over the wall into the top right-hand corner past Gaga to put Montreal up 2-0 over the fire in the 24th minute. So unfortunately, the the fire had had... Early in the match, they had a couple of opportunities, couldn't couldn't capitalize, and then within 25 minutes, you're down two nil. Uh, difficult, difficult hole to climb out of from this point. So then, somewhere in the 25th to 26th minute, Shakiri motions that he's he's feeling some tightness in his quad, which is something that he was struggling with uh, earlier in the summer. And he stepped off for treatment for for a minute or so. And then just a few minutes later, in the 30th minute, he gets subbed off and Fabian Herbers comes on, going to the right-hand side of the midfield and pushing Gutierrez into the number 10 role. So then in the 34th minute, uh, Montreal... Montreal midfielder Ishmael Kone gets a yellow card on a tackle that he made on Brian Gutierrez. And the only reason I bring that up is because in stoppage time of the first half, three minutes into stoppage time, he ends up getting a second yellow card on a tackle he made on Fabian Herbers to put Montreal down to 10 men. So at this point... The Fire, yes, are down 2-0, but they will go into the second half playing the entire half up a man. So there is at least some some slight hope in, in the prospect of coming back. So then into the 50th minute, the Fire are in possession in their attacking half. Typical story, unfortunately, though, they lose the ball on their left-hand side. Thankfully, Jairo Torres is able to recover the ball, play it to Gutierrez right in the middle of about 30 yards out. He plays a nice through ball to Fabian Herbers in the right-hand channel inside the penalty box. One touch takes a right-footed shot from about 12 yards out. Keeper touches it onto the far post corner, um, and Montreal are able to clear the ball. Fire play it back in, but the ball ends up with uh, Torres taking a 20, taking a shot from about 22 yards out, and the keeper is able to collect at the at the near post. So, up a man coming coming out from from halftime and putting some pressure, putting some immediate pressure on on the on the uh, Montreal defense and Montreal keeper. Uh, quality shot from Herbers. But unfortunately, it was a better save to to again just he barely got his fingertips to it and and put it up into the far post, far post uh, ninety degrees there up in the corner. So into the sixty first minute, then Bornstein gets taken off and Shabilko comes on, meaning there is a formation shift. Which is the first time that I can recall that the Fire have have played. 
I feel like maybe once earlier in the year they they got out of their four two three one, but uh, in this situation they went to a three five two. Gaga obviously remained in goal, but you had Sekulich, Tehran, and Shehos as your as your three center backs, and then Herbers as your right wing back, Mueller as your left wing back. Uh, Torres and Federico Navarro stayed in their positions. Gutierrez stayed in his number 10 role. And Shabilko and Duran played, played more side by side, uh, up top. So then we jump ahead just a couple of minutes into the 63rd minute where John Duran wins a foul in the fire attacking half on the left hand side. The ball gets played to Herbers on the right-hand side and then worked back over to the left to Federico Navarro at midfield. And it gets played to Jairo Torres out on the left-hand sideline. He plays a lobbed ball into the penalty box. Carlos Tehran chests it down to Shabilko. He touches it back to Tehran, who takes a left-footed curled shot to the far post, but it was unfortunately saved by the keeper and out for a corner, of which nothing comes of. So then we jump ahead a little bit later into the 88th minute. Shehos goes down holding his left knee. He is down for a couple of minutes, ends up walking off the field and straight down the tunnel. So the fire down to 10 men just for the last couple of minutes until the 92nd minute where Kendall Burks comes on for Shehos making his MLS debut. He was the fire's uh, super draft pick number 11 out of Washington University earlier this season. So good to see him coming on to make a debut. Unfortunately, it was only for about 30 seconds, and the ref ended up blowing the whistle to bring this one to an end, with Montreal having uh, two goals uh, to the Fires nil. An unfortunate, not necessarily surprising, because <clears throat> at this point, Montreal uh, was second, and as they still are, um, but they, they were second in the, in the league, or in the, in the East, so definitely... Definitely not a surprise, unfortunately, that the fire went down to them, but disappointing because they 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 worked the the keeper, but they it's been a problem that they've had all season. They just cannot find the back of the net, and that is going to be a theme for tonight. Not finding the back of the net. Now, in terms of some stats, the, the fire out, outpossessed Montreal 59 to 41. So obviously a lot of that came in the second half with the fire being up a man and, and Montreal just sitting back a little bit more, uh, more concerned about defending their, their 2-0 lead and being down a man, not trying to concede any goals. And which, in result, had the fire outpassing them. 403 completed to 265. It's just, unfortunately, a lot of it went nowhere. Um, not a lot of, not a, this is, this is one of the few instances where the fire outshot the, the opponent, but typical story, just not enough on target. Not enough, um, you know, really working the keeper, really, really pressuring that defensive line. They, the fire only had four of, four shots out of 12 on target. 
compared to seven on target out of 11 for Montreal. So again, the fire out shot them by one, but Montreal were much more accurate with their shots, which again has been a theme all season for the fire. Um, at times they get plenty of shots away, but they, they just are not accurate or when they are accurate, they're easy for, for the keeper to save or the, the defense is able to get a body on it and just, just block it. So unfortunately, um, the fire sit where they, where they were going into this match down in 13th. So we look ahead to week 28. Or I guess look back in this instance to August 31st, where the fire took on New England Revolution out in out in Boston area at Gillette Stadium. The starting lineup for this is Gaga in goal, Sekulish, Tehran, Bornstein, and Miguel Navarro. Right to left in the back, Bornstein filling in for Shehos, who who again went out uh, right at the end of the previous match with his with a little le- left knee injury, and then you had Federico Navarro and Fabian Herbers in as the holding midfielders, Andre Reynolds, Brian Gutierrez, and Chris Mueller as your attacking more attacking midfielders, and John Duran in at the number nine. So we look into this match, and in the 18th to 19th minute, John Duran wins the ball in the fire attack in half right in the middle, and they go go from the middle over to the left, and then over to the right and back to the left-hand side with Mueller on the left-hand sideline. He dribbles to the center, uh, gets to the left corner of the penalty box, Plays an over, plays the ball to Miguel Navarro, making an overlapping run, and he puts a cross into the penalty box from from the left hand side there. And John Duran is there to receive it right in the middle. Takes a left footed shot; it is blocked. The keeper collects, and VAR ends up calling down to the ref, saying, "Hey, there may have been a handball penalty on the shot." So at the twenty first minute. They end up checking, and it is called. Yes, there was a penalty for handball against New England. And so in the 22nd minute, Mueller steps up for the penalty. But unfortunately, it was saved and easily collected by the keeper. It was it was a uh, overall a poor a poor penalty taken by Mueller. It was an easy height for the keeper to save uh, pretty low for him. So when he went diving over, it was a nice height, basically right into his gut. And there wasn't much pace on it, so so there was no no rebound or no deflection back into action. It just hit him in the belly and kind of sat down right in front of him, and he just smothered it down. So then, then in the 24th minute, New England are in possession, move the ball from left to right with a big switch. They are attacking down the fire's right-hand sideline, cross into the penalty box, and New England knock it into the back of the net to put the fire, or to put New England up 1-0 over the fire in the 24th minute. But then VAR steps in once again in the 25th minute, and say, hey, the ball may have gone out of bounds in the buildup, and the ref goes over, takes a look at the monitor, and agrees, yes, it went out in the buildup. So there was no goal fire throwing on the right-hand side. 
So then a few minutes later into the 32nd minute, New England have a corner knocked to the back post. It gets knocked around a couple of times inside of the six-yard box. And it gets uh, a New England player gets their knee on the ball. And it thankfully gets kneed right into Gaga's belly. He snags it, goes down and gets fouled for a free kick. So that more or less wraps up the action of the first half. Not a whole lot went on in this in this match, especially in the first half. Um, I don't, I don't want to say it was a boring one, but it was, it, it, uh, it left a lot to be desired for, for me personally. So then into the second half in the 52nd minute, Gaga takes a free kick long from about halfway inside the fire's defensive half. New England wins the ball, but Duran is able to win the ball back on the edge of the attacking, uh, the fire's attacking penalty box. Dribbles into the penalty box, moves to the left, takes a left-footed shot, and it goes wide left. So, unfortunately, again, shots on target is, 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 <laughs> they were, they were few and far between for the fire in this match. Um, only, only two of them on target, and that was not one of them. So then just a few minutes later in the 55th minute, New England play a cross in from the fire's left-hand side. The attacker uh, gets his head on it, flicks it on to the far post, and uh, another New England attacker takes a right-footed shot. Gaga with a save down to his right. Knocks the ball back into action, and New England take a shot from outside of the penalty box, and it goes over the crossbar. So... Getting getting some some pressure put on the fire defense and uh, and Gaga there you know to pretty pretty early there to start the uh, second half and so just a minute later then in the 56th minute New England countered down the fire left hand side cross uh, to the edge of the penalty box Federico Navarro has has an attempt at clearing the ball and does a poor job doing it knocks the ball back to New England. They put another cross inside of the penalty box and uh, New England knock a header into the ground and Gaga pushes it up over the crossbar and out for a corner. So again, just a, a minute later or a minute earlier, they had a shot on, on target that forced Gaga into a save. Um, so getting, getting put on the, on their back foot a little bit and unable to, to really, to really keep a lot of a lot of possession to to try and put something together for themselves and put some pressure on New England. So in the 58th minute then Reynolds comes off, Pineda comes on going into his defensive midfield role and Herbers moves out to that right midfield position. Just a couple minutes later, in the 60th minute, the fire are in possession. Gutierrez in the middle, in the fire's attacking half, plays a ball to Duran. Good shielding to let the ball run, run around him and into the penalty box. He takes a left-footed shot from just inside the penalty box on the left-hand side, and it was saved and out for a corner. Um, I Duran in some ways drives me nuts because I feel like he spends a lot of time on the ground. Um, not saying that he isn't fouled. 
uh, or that he shouldn't be going down, that he, you know, it wasn't hard enough for him to go down or anything like that. But he spends a lot of time on the ground, but he is a physical player. That's that's part of it. He puts his body on the line. He gets in there. And in this instance, um, there wasn't anything special that Gutierrez did with the pass until Duran was able to shield the defender, you know, got his got his butt onto him, turn his back and let the ball run. And that gave him the opportunity more or less to be one on one with the keeper. Just unfortunately, Broken record, broken record, could not find the back of the net. So then in the 71st minute, Chris Mueller comes off and John Espinoza comes on. And in the 74th minute, then Espinoza is able to win the ball in the Fires attacking half on the right-hand sideline. Sekulich plays it to Duran in the right-hand channel. He plays the ball right to Gutierrez on the corner of the penalty box. He dribbles into the penalty box, cuts inside, lays it back for Duran, who takes a left-footed shot from about 25 yards out. Ends up going wide right of goal. Good opportunity, good shot. It it was it wasn't far off. Um, the the keeper was was moving to moving the opposite way. So if it was on target, it probably would have gone in. But personally, I feel like I feel like Gutierrez maybe had a better opportunity before he laid it off. He was inside the penalty box. There was there was a window for him to to take the shot, and I personally would have liked to see him take that shot. I feel like near for near post or far post would have been available. The keeper was was kind of in the middle, so I either post would have been open for him. But instead, he took the unselfish route and laid it back for Duran. Uh, again, I don't blame him. It was a good, good quality shot. Just unfortunately, not good enough to find the back of the net. So then, in the 80th minute, Gutierrez comes off and Shakiri comes on, and he, I talked about. I don't remember if it was in in the the most recent episode from from a couple of weeks ago or episode before that. I know I've talked about it a couple of times throughout the throughout the year, but he comes on and he's maybe maybe three or four steps onto the pitch and he starts barking at the referee. I tried reading his lips. I need to take a lip reading course. Um, but I, so I don't know what he was saying, but it's, it sometimes drives me nuts. Like just, just play. I don't know what you're saying to him. I don't know if you're complaining about previous calls or if you're saying, Hey, watch this guy. He's tackling hard. You know, I don't want to get tackled like that. I don't know what he's saying. But sometimes I I just want want to reach through the TV and just tell them to just play. So then in the 85th minute, moving on from that, in the 85th minute, uh, the Fire are unable to clear the ball. They're under a lot of pressure uh, from New England. They New England are able to take a shot from the Fire's right hand side inside of the penalty box. Saved by Gaga with a with a really really nice save. Um, had to go had to go diving off to his right. It was a shot to the far post. Had to lay out for it. Got his fingertips on it and knocked it knocked it onto the far post. Literally knocking it off the upright. 
comes back into into action. New England are able to retain possession. Get another shot away, but this time it goes over the crossbar, and that is more or less how that one finishes. With the New England Revolution and Chicago Fire drawing nil-nil, so unfortunately, this was this was a big match for the Fire. It was an opportunity playing playing New England, who who are sitting just above them in the uh, in the standings. They are currently, as I record, sitting in eighth place. Um, but. It was, it was there again. I had said it in the last episode. The fire right now, they're playing teams that if they beat them, they can, they can jump some, some spots in, in the standings and make a potential push for, for the playoffs. Unfortunately, when you're, when you're drawing nil nil, losing two nil, that is not, that is not the direction you want to be going. Because ultimately, uh, draws and losses are not going to get you into the playoffs. Looking at a few stats in this match, it was it was a very very one sided one sided match, as most of what I just went through shows. New England outpossessed the Fire sixty three percent to thirty seven. So one of I didn't look back through all of the stats, but that is from memory the probably the worst uh possession amount of possession that the fire have had all season they they again they were just unable to to connect any type of passes and and string any amount of possession together just unable to to again they'd win the ball make one or two passes and then turn the ball over knock the ball out of bounds take a take one or two passes and then and then take a terrible shot and Knock it over the crossbar wide. They only had one of their nine shots actually actually uh, get on target. So a very flat, um, toothless attack. If you wanna, if if you wanna go that route, uh, just not a not much for the fire going forward. Their expected goals were were one point four only because um, Mueller had the had the penalty earlier in the match that he unfortunately could not could not put into the back of the net so beyond that they did not have many opportunities just did not threaten threaten the New England uh defense or keeper whatsoever this match was was a little bit of a tough one to watch. Spent a lot of time again playing defense and trying to. They tried playing a lot of a lot of counterattack, which that just is not the fires the fires uh, game. They are. I'm no expert, but in my eyes, when they have more possession, when they're able to keep the ball, uh, they're able to to put more pressure on the defense. To where in this match they they tried playing long balls, playing one two quick passes to to play forty yards forward, and and every time pretty much they would turn the ball over. So disappointing in the end to come out with with a draw. I guess it's a positive that they didn't lose the ball, but you need to again, like I said a few minutes ago, you got to be winning. 
if you want to have any shot at the playoffs. So now we are going to look back at MLS Week 29, where the Chicago Fire took on Columbus Crew. Back on September 3rd at Lower.com Field. Starting lineup for the Fire was Gaga and Goal, Sekulic, Tehran, Shehos, and Navarro. Right to left, Pineda and Herbers. Uh, in as hold, as your holding midfielders, Reynolds once again making a, a back-to-back start. Gutierrez and Mueller as your more attacking midfielders, and Shabilko coming back in at the number nine, giving Duran a rest. So looking at this match, if I had said that the previous match was a little boring and toothless from the fire, this match may uh, may have been even more toothless and even more boring. So the first 25 minutes, mostly a midfield battle from both both sides. The fire had three shots, all of them from distance, believe it or not, and guess what? All of them were off target. Columbus had a couple of shots. One of them was blocked. One of them was an easy save for Gaga. Um, just the not not much not much final final quality or um, the final pass from either side. Both sides had good had good build up in the midfield. Uh, the Fire mainly were starting their press right at the midfield stripe. weren't pressing weren't pressing too high like they normally do. Uh, it's something that they, they really didn't do in the previous two matches either. They they laid back on their press and really started pressing right around the midfield stripe. Uh, the fire were, other than the couple of shots that they gave away, uh, the fire were defensively organized. They just lacked any danger going forward. So then into the 31st minute, Columbus are in possession on the Fire's right-hand side. They work to the middle, get a shot away from about 30 yards out. Say by Gaga out for a corner, and usual story, if you're getting a shot from 30 yards out, Fire just gave the, gave the attacker too much time and space for the shot. So easy, easy to put one. Not for the fire, but easy to put one on target when you're when you're not being when you're not being pressured very much. So then in the thirty third minute, just a couple minutes later, Brian Gutierrez is forced to come off with a lower body injury and John Duran comes on. Now in the commentary they were they were saying that the formation had shifted from the usual four two three one into a 4-4-2. Now, I, to a certain extent, I agree with what they're saying, but, uh, prior to Gutierrez coming off, he was up alongside Shabilko for a lot of, especially in, in defense. He wasn't really dropped into that, into that, um, number 10 role. So there were, there, I feel like prior to the substitution and after the substitution, there were elements of of both the four four two and the four two three one that the fire came out in. Uh, I will say though that when after the substitution, the the midfield was a little bit more flat with uh, Reynolds, Pineda, Herbers, and Mueller across it. Um, but beyond that, it still had a lot of the four, two, three, one elements. 
in it that they were that they were having uh, within the first half hour of the match. So then, uh, a little bit later into the 45th minute, Columbus win the ball in the fire attacking half on their left hand side and attack down that left hand side. Play a nice chip pass into the penalty box. Gaga is off his line and he goes and smothers it uh, right on right on the edge of the penalty box. Uh, preventing, preventing any type of attack from really, really developing into anything. He's, he's, I know I had said earlier in the season, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not going to admit I was wrong because I still feel like his, his shot stopping, um, can definitely be improved. I mean, he's obviously only 18 years old, but it can definitely be improved, but there's there's a reason that he at the end of the season he will be going over to Chelsea in the Premier League. He is a quality keeper and um I'm not a fan of Chelsea, but I will say that I look forward to watching him develop over there and seeing what type of player he turns into because he is a big reason that the fire I know it's not the, they're in 13th right now, but it, I know it's not the ideal season for the fire when you have a keeper uh, as, as talented and as young as he is. But he is the reason that the fire do have, has, have had as many wins as they've had and have had as many draws, draws as, as they've had. That's a tongue twister for me. Um, he's kept him, he's kept him in a lot of matches, kept scores uh, a lot more respectable when maybe they shouldn't have been. So he will be missed. I know there's a few matches left, but he will be missed. Um, his, his, his goalkeeping, his shot stopping, I feel has definitely improved over the season. So then just a couple minutes later, two minutes into stoppage time in the in the first half, Columbus are in possession once again and take a shot from about 20 yards out on the fire left-hand side to the far post. And once again, Gaga makes a diving save to keep the to keep the crew from out of the back of the net. And that is how the first half would end. So Again, crucial saves from Gaga to to keep the fire in this one and keep the keep the match level because going forward they were offering nothing. So into the second half, fifty second minute, fire are in possession. Shehos plays a nice through ball from inside of the fire's attacking half. To Duran making a run inside of the penalty box, he takes a left-footed shot. It got deflected by the key or by a defender, and the keeper is easily is able to easily collect the ball and start a Columbus uh, attack going the opposite direction. So, one of the few one of the few shots that the Fire were able to to get away, and it was it was blocked. Into the 61st minute then, Columbus win a throw-in on the Fire's right-hand side. They attack quickly down that right-hand side, play a ball into the middle, get a shot away from 30 yards out. Once again, Gaga is there to make the save and knock it out for a corner. And before that corner happens... Reynolds comes off, Espinoza comes on, uh, Reynolds got tackled pretty hard there in the 56th to 57th minute area. 
so and he had been he was struggling there uh, for those few minutes before he was he was subbed off. Could tell that the injury was bothering him, and he was just just running out of gas. So then in the 63rd minute, Chris Mueller committed a foul in the Fires attack in half on the left-hand side. Columbus take a free kick and attack quickly down the, the Fires left-hand side. Get the ball into the penalty box from the end line. A shot on goal. Gaga once again is there to make a diving save. Ball gets knocked back into the penalty box. They get another another little shot away and Gaga makes another save. Ball's bouncing around, and Tehran basically, while sitting on his bum, gets gets his foot on the ball and ends up clearing it. So, like I said a couple minutes ago, Gaga really keeping the fire in this one and and preventing a what can be a very dangerous Columbus Crew attack, keeping them keeping them uh, off the score sheet and and keeping the clean sheet. So then in the 68th minute, Shabilko comes off and Shakiri comes on for a, a little bit of a, an appearance here for the last 20 minutes or so. Sekulich comes off and Bornstein comes on and that moves Espinoza back to right back and Bornstein to, to the left midfield position and Mueller over to the right hand side. And so we roll ahead into the 73rd minute where Fabian Herbers wins the ball in the Fire's defensive half in the middle just outside of the penalty box. And the Fire have a quick attack with Mueller down the right-hand channel. He cuts inside, gets a shot on goal from the edge of the penalty box, but unfortunately it was a weak shot, rolled straight at the keeper and easy for him to collect. And so then in the last 20, uh, 20, 15, 15 to 20 minutes or so, because it, they ended up adding on nine minutes at the end of the match, uh, for stoppage time and that. So the last, the last 15 to 20 minutes, it was some, some Columbus attack, not, not much really threatening. Uh, they had a handful of shots, but most of them were, were off target or simple saves for Gaga to make. So this one ends nil-nil. Once again, just like the match against New England, Fire get a point from it. And like I <laughs> like I said, it was it was uh slightly boring and not a lot of attack from the Fire. The the uh few times they were able to to attack and get the ball forward, they were they were rarely actually threatening. Um, only one shot on target. So obviously, if you're only getting one shot on target, that is not very good odds of of finding the back of the net, and even less chance of finding the back of the net when you're only taking six shots the entire match. I got three away in the first half, three away in the second half. Uh, one of them was in the 96th or 97th minute. Uh, John Duran took a shot from about 30, 33 yards out, way off target. Just uh, hoping a prayer at that point, and and that one is not going to find the back of the net. So again, not threatening going forward. Just nothing, nothing in in terms of attack. 
crew out possessed the fire 61 to 39 uh similar to to the previous match fire again only had one of their six shots go on target um just a a a difficult match for the fire. Again, they they were only able to string together two or three passes at a time. The few times that they were able to to string, you know, ten to fifteen passes together, they and get to the edge of the penalty box, just inside the penalty box, they'd end up turning the ball over or putting five shots off target. Um, dis- expected goals point two. So when your expected goals are are point two in a match, you you're not expected to score any goals. Uh, so that just goes to show just how how poor they were going forward, how little they they were threatening an attack. Um, quite quite disappointing with with where their where their season is. Where it was going just a, a couple of weeks ago, stringing a few wins together and really climbing up the table to now stringing a few, a loss and now a couple of draws in a row. It's, it's not the direction that you want, you want your, your team to be going. And I know there are, there, you can make the excuse of, of injuries and, you know, Shakiri ha- has been out for the last couple of matches. Um, Amsberg went down earlier in the season. Jimenez is out for the season. Like, I know you can, you can say that stuff, but every team deals with injuries at some point in the season. And I know you can say, oh, but at the end of the season, it's more important. Well, I mean, in reality, every match, every match matters. Whether it's match week one or match week 29, it's, it's important. You want to get three points when you can. Because at some point you're you're going to run into injuries, and it's just you can say it's injuries, but I will disagree for for the most part and say it is the fire's inability to find the back of the net. Defensively, most of the season they have been sound. Uh, they had that uh, what was it, ten matches in a row without a win. Um, but they, they didn't lose a ton of matches in, in that streak. So it's, it's a, it's, it's their, again, their inability to, 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 I guess now looking back at that stretch. Yeah, they did go one, two, three, four, four losses in a row. I take back what I said a moment ago, but overall defensively, they've been pretty sound, um, they, they again, I complained about him earlier in the season um, about his shot stopping, but Gaga has has really improved with his shot stopping over, over the whole season, so he's kept him in a lot of matches. It is, it's their, their lack of goals. Shakiri has, has not performed as a $8 million a year player should. There are plenty of players, pretty much every player making less than him and and having more assists and more goals on the season. So now looking ahead to MLS Match Week 30 where the Chicago Fire take on Inter-Miami. Up at SeatGeek Stadium Saturday, September 10th, kickoff at 7.08. It is on ESPN Plus for those out of town and WGN 
for those in town, uh, the Fire played Miami the first match of the season, and it was a came out as a nil-nil draw. That one was down in Miami, and ever since. Miami has been fairly inconsistent right now. They are they are above the Chicago Fire in the standings. Uh, sitting in ninth place on 36 points. The Fire are down in 13th on 32 points. Both with... Uh, Miami has a game in hand. Only have 28 matches played. The Fire have 29. So, this is is getting to the point in the season for the fire where it is do or die. Um, You got to start winning. You need to more or less win out if you are, if you are planning on, if you're planning on having any type of, any type of um, chance at the playoffs. So, Miami, they don't they they average about forty seven percent possession, so they're they're not too concerned about having the ball. They're they're willing to give the ball up to you um, for the most part. But when they get it, they like to go forward with it. Uh, most of the time, about thirty three percent of their passes go forward. So when they when they get it, they are. They are on the attack, and they are looking to to put some pressure on on the on the defense and on the keeper. On the season, they have a total of thirty five goals compared to twenty eight. So, though they like to go forward a lot, they don't they don't score a whole lot of goals, and they so far this season. They've given up more goals than the Fire uh, with 46. The Fire have only given up 38. So Fire actually have a better goal differential. It's just that Miami are able to score more goals, which in in most most sports, the the higher score you have, the better you, the better off you're gonna look, and the better chance you have of winning. So it is it's a match that personally I I feel like the Fire can win again the um Inter Miami has has been has been pretty pretty inconsistent on the season. You look back at their at their last 5 matches and it's is two wins, two losses and one draw. Uh against good competition um some some teams higher up in in the standing so definitely going to be a task for the fire but it is it is if Shakiri's healthy if if uh Shehos is is playing at his best and I didn't say it in the going into the match against Columbus but I was I was it took <laughs> It took me a few minutes to realize Federico Navarro was not on the pitch. I kept watching. I'm like, who's that guy? That doesn't look like Federico. Who? Oh, that's Maurizio Pineda. Okay. Oh, Federico's not starting. It, it took me quite a while to see that he wasn't on the pitch. So he's, he's an important part in the, in the fire defense. If he's back on, I, I think he was just out for, out for some rest. Um, if, if Shakiri's healthy, if Mueller is looking good, that's been another issue over these last few matches. 
Shakiri and Mueller have have had a good relationship on the left hand side. And with Shakiri being out for the last couple of matches, basically the last three matches, um, Mueller's kind of been left out on an, on an island over on the left-hand side or, or right-hand side, whatever side he's, he's playing on at the time. And just not a lot of, a lot of attack coming from him. His, his 1v1s haven't been as successful as they were over the last few weeks, so. If he's able to, if he's able to, to get back to previous form, and it would be nice to see Jairo Torres back on the right hand side. Um, for me, really either number nine, Shabilko or Duran. Uh, I, I feel confident with either one. They both offer different things. So even if you, if you play one for 60 or 70 minutes, you can bring the other one on and it, it gives you a different look. Duran over the top, Shabilko drops in. So you just gotta, you just gotta start stringing some, it's down to, down to five, five matches left. Um, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta string some wins. You gotta win all five of these if you want any chance of, of making the playoffs. Right now, you're sitting seven points behind Cincinnati in seventh place. Um, so it, again, it's do or die. That is the only opportunity the Fire have to make the playoffs is to win out and get some other results to go their way. Fingers crossed they do. Like I said in previous podcasts, this is a fun part of the season, so make sure you're watching. This is... If if the fire can win a couple, it'll make the last few matches even more interesting. If they can win a couple more, it'll make the last match even more interesting. So, a lot to look forward to. Um, their next few matches are against again Miami, who are just above them. Charlotte, who are just above them. Uh, Cincinnati, who are just above them. They have another match against Montreal. So, and then New England again. So. Teams that if you can if you can get a win against you you can definitely climb up the table and and make these last few weeks even more interesting. So make sure you check out on September 10th, Fire taking on Inner Miami up at SeatGeek Stadium 708 kickoff. Once again, it is on ESPN Plus and WGN or the Chicago Fire app. Go Fire! <laughs> 